This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Libby is taking a vacation this week. If you've been working at home during the pandemic, it seems you're not in that much of a rush to go back to your workplace. A new online Leger survey finds nearly 90% of Canadians have found working from home to be a very or somewhat positive experience. And 86% say they are getting used to the new lifestyle and they like it. We'll talk about the pros and cons of working from home, and we also want to hear from you as well. If you've gone home to work during the pandemic, 416-360-0740 or toll-free, 1-866-744-740. And before we go to our experts on this trend, this imposed trend on our society, I want to bring in Zeev Hadi. He is the producer of Fight Back. And last week, we were just trying out has some different stuff around here, and Zeev was working from home. Uh, Zeev, the pros and cons, what did you find? Because normally you're here at the station. Thanks, Jane. So overall, it was a very positive experience. It actually even boosted my productivity, I'd say, um, in the sense that rather than just getting my daily tasks completed on deadline, I actually felt the sense of urgency to get it done ahead of deadline. The only downside I would say was probably that, you know, I miss the camaraderie mm-hmm. of being in the workplace and seeing you and, and all the other colleagues here. And at Zoomer Media, we just have a very strong sense of community. And right. I really miss that. There are only just a few of us here working through the pandemic. Um, so for one of us to be missing, you know, we all missed you as well. But it's because we don't know what's going to be happening in this pandemic. It's good to try out new formulas. Um, you say you were more productive, maybe because there were fewer distractions? Yeah, I think from a psychological standpoint, I just felt like, well, if I'm at home, I'm going to have to compromise by going that much further and doing things uh, much more ahead of time so that my colleagues who are at work, uh, Libby for sure, uh, would be able to have everything uh, ready to go and just, you know, no no issues. Okay. And before we go to our expert, one last question. So if you had the choice to work from home and produce fight back at home or produce fight back here at the radio station, which would you prefer? Definitely right at the radio station. I miss my family here and I miss uh, all of you guys. So definitely here. Well, and, you know, I feel the same way, too. Um, about 90 percent of the employees here at the Zoomerplex are working from home and it does work. Uh, it is a trend uh, that not only is imposed on us, but it seems to be having a lot of success. Let's go to clinical psychologist Dr. Sam Claridge and Dr. John Trogakos, associate professor, University of Toronto, Scarborough Department of Management and Rotman School of Management. Doctors, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Claridge, what have we learned collectively about working at home, which was forced on most people, especially during the early days of COVID-19? Well, we've learned that people have um, uh, really benefited from not having to to be in traffic, not having to be on transit, not having to hop in their car, not having to get up early. Um, They're now at home. They can regulate their own sort of behavior. They can regulate when they get up. They can regulate how, uh, how much work 
that that needs to be done. They can also be closer to their kids. Um, if I mean, if they have children at home, they um, so they value all that. And, and and it's true about productivity. People who are very conscientious about their jobs, very conscientious about their careers, will also be conscientious about how much work they're doing and um, how quickly they get it done. So these are all benefits. They're the odd. There's the odd person who isn't that conscientious, who doesn't care that much about their career, who, value, who really values staying at home because they believe that they can just take it a little bit easier and not have to work as hard and so on. But I think the majority of people really uh, um, really value it because they can really focus on getting the job done and, uh, and actually getting it done more efficiently. And Dr. Trugakos, what do you think about what we've all learned over these last six months with working at home? I think, obviously, we were put into this situation uh, not fully prepared, but we did have some experience before COVID with remote work, and then everyone had to get used to it relatively quickly. Um, I think we see uh, some of these benefits, like you, you all have already mentioned. I think we also have to think about um, how we can support workers to keep them from overworking and keep make sure that their boundaries are kept. Uh, I know that sometimes people feel, uh, like you're saying, you know, very conscientious workers might feel the pressure to work even more to justify being at home. Uh, but that might hurt productivity in the long run as they kind of deplete and exhaust themselves. So there is still a need for that balance as people adjust, but definitely the benefits, um, you know, are there. And helping one way we can, you know, I'm seeing different sort of solutions to these boundary issues, including things like you're seeing companies, a new company startup like this company in Toronto called Work Mode, where uh, it's a remote workplace, but in people's neighborhoods. So people don't have to go into the office, but they have that space if they need a quiet, uh, quiet place to work. So we're seeing new solutions come up. We're seeing people deal with this differently. And it definitely also aligns with data that colleagues of mine and I have collected uh, on the subject as well. Dr. Claridge, once people are given the go-ahead to go back to work, so I'm talking about down the road post-pandemic, do you see, uh, I mean, is it? can you quantify what percentage of people may still stay home or stay home part of the time to work based on the success of this experiment? I'm not sure what the percentage would be. I have a feeling a fair number of people are really going to request staying home. There's going to be those who who are, are going to want to be around their colleagues because a lot of people do value relationships. So they're going to want to come in. So I, I'm, I'm not too sure. There may be, say, 25% might hold back, want to stay at home, maybe a bit, uh, maybe a bit bigger, like in terms of a percentage. But the people who do want to go back to the workplace are those people who value the relationships, value their colleagues, value their, uh, the camaraderie, um, value the coffee breaks, value just reconnecting with, uh, with their work environment, um, but I have a feeling there's going to be uh, like a fair percentage, as I said, that are going to want to stay home because they're really far more efficient. Uh, they're getting more done. They're able to accomplish other tasks around the house as well. So, um, uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what the percentages turn out to be. Dr. Trugakos, what do you think? Is this, is this a trend for the future brought on maybe a bit earlier by the pandemic? I think, yes, definitely. I, I think it, really innovative companies are going to give their employees choice. And we know when we give people autonomy, this is, it really helps their well-being. It helps their productivity, de-stresses them. Uh, you know, there are going to be people who want to go back. I think you give those people the option to work from home, go into the office as need be, when we, are, of course, are in a safer uh, work environment, depending on the job. Um, and I think that's going to be really to go into the future. You know, data that my colleagues and I collected suggested that only 17% of people from the people we surveyed across Canada wanted to go back to the way work was before, which is kind of in alignment with this survey that we saw come out. Um, and most people, about um, you know, 70%, favored some kind of a hybrid method. And so, again, that's you know, giving people that choice, letting them work from home, letting them go into the office when needed. I, I think that's where the future is going to be. For And, of course, remember, these are for jobs that allow that flexibility. Obviously, there are many jobs 
out there where this doesn't apply to. And, and so, you know, that, that that's the caveat in this. I want to put this out to, to our listeners as well. If you're working from home, if you were forced to go home and work during the pandemic, do you like it or are you looking forward to actually going back to the workplace? 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. Let me ask you this, uh, Dr. Claridge, since you're a clinical psychologist, is there a, a type of person who's best suited for working at home and a type of person best suited for going to a workplace with others? Okay. I mean, if you want to categorize it, I'm not big on categories, but let's say, but I'll put it out this way. People that are more extroverted would probably want to go back to the workplace. People that are more introverted would probably be far more comfortable at home, but that doesn't necessarily mean that 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 if you're extroverted, you might not want to work at home. I think on occasion, you probably would, but I think it's the people who are more socially focused, who value relationships who value their colleagues a lot more, who are more extroverted, more outgoing, like the social social environment, those are the people who'd want to come back to the workplace. The people who don't value that as much, who like to work on their own, who don't like to be bothered as much by others, who are very content to focus in on what they're doing and not having all the distractions, would love to work at home. Or maybe it's it's the flexibility, Dr. Trugakos, that you, know, so that you can work for part of the time at home and part of the time at the workplace. I know for a lot of sales professionals, uh, of which my husband is in that grouping, um, he's been working at home for years, but it's been broken up by going out and visiting clients in person. So you kind of have the best of both worlds, but during the pandemic, all of the client meetings are online as well. So it's all one type of work. You don't have that flexibility. Yeah, certainly this is something that I think, you know, I mentioned you know, a little bit earlier is that we want to give people that freedom, that flexibility to choose because they'll be more satisfied with their work in that case. And the other thing when it comes to, you know, all these online meetings that we have, I mean, you, you hear a very real phenomenon of Zoom fatigue, right? So there, there's just communicating virtually is just a little less natural, a little more difficult uh, than uh, communicating face-to-face, right? We don't get the same cues. It's not the same kind of communication. And so for people, I think as um, Dr. Claridge had mentioned, you know, people that really thrive off that social element, uh, you know, that that's an important component that I don't think we want to eliminate from uh, the workplace. And we do also know that, you know, having these positive social interactions is energizing for some people. It does boost creativity. This is how ideas can get generated and certain types of productivity can be boosted. So again, that flexibility, I think, is really important. On the line with us, clinical psychologist Dr. Sam Claridge and Dr. John Trugakos, associate professor at the University of Toronto and an expert in organizational management. Dr. Claridge, I'll start with you. The question before the break, how do you know your people are really working when they're at home? Well, first of all, you're going to need to take their words at face value. I mean, if they're telling you that they're working hard, working long hours, being productive, being efficient, that's great. But also, the output will indicate whether that's in fact true. I mean, if they're required to do certain projects, complete certain projects on time, have certain information passed on, and that's not happening, that's an indicator that maybe they're not working as efficiently as they claim to be working. So the output will clearly indicate that. But also, um, I think it's important to trust people. And uh, people who are conscientious, who, uh, who value their career, uh, if they say that they're doing something well and they're doing it efficiently, likely are doing so. Right. If you've hired the right people, this isn't really a concern. Absolutely right. Dr. John Trigakos, your thoughts on that? I mean, I echo a lot of that sentiment. It, it really comes down to uh, the, many of the things we, these type of jobs allow, already have trackable, electronically trackable, or, you know, have numerically trackable output. And so companies can, can already see that. And, you know, evidence from some of the companies that I've worked with over the past few months 
indicate that their people are being just as productive uh, post-COVID in terms of the, what they're, what's expected of them working from home uh, as they were before the pandemic. So I think in that sense, it is, it is about the outputs. I think it is about uh, you know, trusting your employees and giving them the, the opportunity to, to show their worth. And people who are not going to perform, they were probably not really going to perform that well anyways uh, it, before they came home. So I think it's, you know, it's very similar outcomes you're going to see in, in, irrespective of if you're working from home or not. And the thing to keep in mind, just because somebody's in an office for eight hours doesn't mean they're being productive for those mm-hmm. eight hours. In fact, it might be worse. Uh, you know, they have interruptions. They may be finding ways to fill that time. Whereas if they're kind of working from home and they are getting the work done they need, they may be able to do it in less time and giving them more free time to do other things to improve their well-being and their family life and, you know, all sorts of other benefits. Dr. Claridge, could there be a downside for workers in that some employers might realize they don't need so many employees on the payroll? Uh, That's a good question. Um, There may be certain efficiencies that are brought about as a result of all this. And you're right. They may say, maybe maybe we can restructure now. We find that people who are working at home are being far more efficient. They're creating more work or they're creating more output. They're doing a better job. They're doing a faster job. This might mean that we can restructure, maybe uh, maybe let a few people go. And that's maybe one of the downsides, but I don't know how many organizations will be doing that, Mm -hmm. I guess, but over this next little while, they'll be able to figure that out. But surely, if people are being more efficient at home, that may lead to some restructuring, no question. Is it too soon to determine that, Dr. Trigakos, whether the pandemic and the work-from-home phenomenon is resulting in downsizing? I mean, yes, obviously, with the economic turmoil that we're experiencing, we see some companies doing that irrespectively. But I think it it is a bit too soon to make a definitive judgment on that. Don't forget, uh, different types of jobs, different types of work will evolve based on the new normal. And and the future as it comes along, I mean, we we may not be doing this permanently the same way. There will be other opportunities. So really, forward-thinking companies are going to look at this as opportunities to maximize the situation, and they may not need to lay off employees. They, you know, they'll, they'll have cost savings maybe in space and energy costs and, you know, these, these kind of things that uh, with people working from home, they might be able to leverage that, that the extra productivity of their employees to expand their business. So, again, at this point and, you know, looking like we're potentially going into a second wave here, uh, it, it, it's very hard to say. Um, but it could go either way, I suppose. Remember in the first uh, few weeks when the streets of downtown Toronto were completely empty, the air felt fresher as a result of w- way fewer cars on the roads. Um, that must be an unintended positive side of all of this, that perhaps we don't need the infrastructure for the future that we think that we do, and we'll be breathing cleaner air as a result, Dr. Claridge. Yeah, that's uh, that's a very good thought. That's very true. When there are when less cars on the road, less traffic, less traffic jams, uh, fresher air, absolutely. I mean, I mean, that's one of the upsides. So who knows what this new world is going to look like after we get through the second wave. Uh, but sure, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some positive features to it. Dr. Trugakos? Yeah, again, it, you know, kind of the silver linings we look for throughout this, uh, the whole pandemic. And I think as not, not only is it fresher air, less traffic, less commute, these, these kind of things, less congestion, but people have that extra time. You know, you're not commuting an hour one way and an hour back for a lot of people or more. Um, and so that reduced stress, that extra time to do things in their life, maybe take up healthier lifestyles. I mean, uh, you know, you see people out uh, walking more and, and exercising more. And, and if that's a positive outcome of a, a very terrible situation that we're living through in this pandemic, then, then that's, that's a great thing. 
Just one more question for both of you before we wrap things up today on Fight Back. Dr. Claridge, uh, the the future of work, uh, the future of the way that we will work, I, I'm thinking that the trends are pointing towards, yes, we're on duty 24-7, but we also have control and more flexibility about uh, over the time that we do the work. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's going to make a lot of people very excited because in the past it was... Um, nine to five, nine to six, in the office by a certain time, maybe eight o'clock, maybe even earlier. Now there's probably going to be a lot more flexibility. There's no question of that. They're probably going to mix days in the office as well as days at home or maybe working out of the home environment, uh, maybe full time. So uh, the, I think many people are going to appreciate that. And that'll have an impact on people's, um, uh, people's lives, say, outside of work, say, with family, with, with kids and so on. So it's going to be so – I, I personally think it's going to be uh, like a very exciting time and um, – I think a lot of people are going to be very excited about the uh, about their new working arrangement. And Dr. Trugakos, final word to you. I, I think we want to be careful not to say that people are on call 24-7. We want to have those boundaries still as we go forward. They've been blurred, obviously, because people are working from home. But it's really important to keep that work and personal life separated still as much as possible and find ways uh, to do that. So while it does, we do increase that flexibility, we still want to be mindful both as employees and as managers and organizations. Uh, to keep people's personal time to themselves and not bleed too far into, not, not bleed those boundaries too far into each other. I appreciate both of you uh, giving us your time here and uh, weighing in with your expert opinions. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Clinical psychologist Dr. Sam Clarich and Dr. John Trugakos, associate professor at the University of Toronto, expert in organizational management. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.